Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome back to another edition of Football 24-7. I'm your guy, Tone DeShields II, and I'm joined by the infamous, our Eagles insider, John McMullen. How are you feeling on this Ooh, Saturday, infamous. my friend? I'm feeling infamous. Yeah, doing well. You, 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 make a lot, you, you ruffle a lot of feathers you know, with your, you know, with your objectivity. Ruffle, uh, yeah, you know, well. That's just the reality. Um, but, you know, sometimes you got to learn to bask in, you got to bask in your, in your, uh, in your legend. <laughs> well, I think I'm pretty fair overall. Some people think, uh, you know, it's funny because depending on the day, uh, you'll get a bunch of fans saying, oh, you're, you're, you know, you defer to the Eagles. You're too nice to the Eagles. And then, then you have a group that says uh, you're too negative and uh, you're, you're so, you know, that means you're doing it right. So people who like, objectivity tend to like me people who don't tend to lot not like me i i'm okay with that yeah my biggest thing is i want i, I want someone that's going to make me think right someone's going to make me consider <laughs> the things that i haven't considered someone's going to make me view something from a different angle and i think that's kind of you know what you do for me at least right uh your your objectivity allows me to take off my midnight green colored glasses and allows me to really see it for what it really is, or at least be able to see it with uh, an unbiased perspective. And I think that's what you provide. Well, I appreciate it. That's what I try to do. Uh, You know, we're going to talk about the defense in this show, and there's a lot of good with the defense and a lot of bad. And the good starts with the front, and the bad starts with the, you know, the back seven, which I think should be pretty obvious for the way the Eagles built this team. I mean, that front has been unbelievable through two weeks. Big step forward. Jalen Carter's been as advertised. I mean, from day one, I was on that kid. He he is he's special. Um, and then Jordan Davis has taken that big leap forward from year one to year two, which you like to see. He has been tremendous through the first two weeks. 
And and remember, those are young players. We're not even talking about Josh Sweat. Josh Sweat wrecked the game against the Vikings. That was against a backup left tackle. Um, but, you know, I kind of point out that's sort of, you know, Eagles fans would say for whatever reason, because they didn't like the previous defensive coordinator, well, you're only good against bad quarterbacks or you're only good against um, below average quarterbacks. That's what you're supposed to do. When you're when you're facing a lesser foe, you're supposed to take advantage of it, and that's what Josh Sweat was able to do. That's exactly what you're supposed to do. So he he wrecked the game. You know, Brandon Graham keeps playing well in in limited snaps. They've extended his career because they have so much depth. Fletcher Cox has been better because he doesn't have to pay as many reps. Milton Williams, one of the most underrated players on this team. Derek Barnett helps out, even though fans don't like him. Marlon Tui Pelotu, man, they're just so deep on the defensive front. Now, they had some issues, as I said, in the back seven, uh, but that's understandable because, you know, Jefferson's out there, Justin Jefferson, TJ Hawkinson, Jordan Addison, a lot of good receivers. Um, on Minnesota, uh, but they took advantage of the matchup and where they they had the advantage. I'm talking about the Eagles, and that was that defensive front. So there's a, there's there's a lot of good when you're talking about that front, and there's a lot of not so good when you're talking about the back seven, other than the corners. And the problem there is the only one out there for the majority of the game against the Vikings was Slay. Bradbury out with the concussion. Now he should be back in Tampa, so everything should be fine there. Maddox looks like the Eagles are going to lose him for the season. Right. Torn pack. Now you have to start. How are you going to move forward? Because it wasn't good with Mario Goodrich. Um, you got to persevere without Nicobe Dean. I thought Nicholas Morrow played okay. I thought he was fine. Um Will that continue for an entire month? There's probably going to be some some bad times as well as good times. And you got to get Reed Blankenship back as well because he played well at New England. And um, Terrell Edmonds, give him credit for the hustle play on Jefferson. Wasn't great. Um, but again, he, he was competent. But you don't want to see that long term. Yeah, I love the way you laid it out, right? You know, I want to go back to that, you know, to that front four, you know, to that defensive line. Um, you know, we're, we're going to reserve the front of the show for the front, and we're going to reserve the back of the show for the back. You know what I mean? So um, I'm thinking about Jordan Davis in particular. I, I expected Jalen Carter to be, uh, you know, what he's shown us, right? But Jordan Davis, a guy like him, he's been under fire over the past, you know, several months because a lot of people, including myself, we were underwhelmed. Uh, with his rookie season. Now, granted, he battled injuries. Um, he had to get acclimated to the speed of the game. He battled some conditioning issues, uh, so on and so forth. I mean, and also, country boy coming to the big city, he had to battle a few different things. Yet, he comes into year two, guns a-blazing, and it just seems to me there is an entirely new approach to his game, uh, not just physically, but mentally as well. Uh, one thing that stands out to me about his game is how quickly he's getting off the blocks. It kind of seemed like at times he would kind of get sunken in or trapped in 
on double teams or whoever was blocking him. It kind of seemed like he struggled to get off the block in year one. Uh, right now, it seems like if you get near him, if he if he sniffs you, he, he's wrapping those bear claws around you. Um, <laughs> you know, just to put it in perspective, I mean, as of right now, he's tied for leading the team in sacks. And I know from you, sacks aren't your end-all, be-all, right? But sacks are a sexy stat. They're exciting. Yeah. But, to, but, to, but to see a guy like Jordan Davis, who we didn't necessarily peg as a pass rusher, you know, to showcase that athleticism uh, in pass rush situations, you know, that was always my dream for him, right? I knew he could stop the run. I knew he would be a presence in, in five-man front as a nose tackle. But I wanted to know, can he be developed? You know, can those athletic tools be developed to be used in the pass rush situations? And so far, you know, we've seen this guy get TFLs. Right now he's tied for, the, um, tied for leading the team in TFLs. He's tied for leading the team in sacks. I mean, what's been, you know, your in-depth thoughts on uh, Jordan Davis's development from year one to year two, especially how we pegged him coming out from the start? Well, I think um, I, I think people were too hard on him uh, during this rookie season. I thought he was playing really well up until he got hurt, um, and he and he had the high ankle sprain, missed a month, and even when he came back, he wasn't. Uh, completely healthy so i think a lot of his issues last year and i put that in quotation uh were were due to the injury and then by the time he was they had brought in linball joseph the eagles were making the super bowl run they felt more comfortable with the veteran player because you know you don't have those rookie startup costs so to speak um but i never deterred on jordan davis as a player um and yeah he's really good now the one issue, I, I mean, I've heard everyone say he could, you know, because of his physical gifts, he could turn into a great pass rusher. I, I, I don't see yeah. that. Well, not even, not even great, right? I, me personally, I don't expect him to even turn into a great pass rusher if he can be a competent, right? Yeah, if what he, he can, does, he, he, he overwhelms. You saw it against right. uh, Minnesota had their backup center in, and it's similar to Josh Sweat. You, you got to take advantage of that situation. The one rap that everyone's seen, he blew by Slopeman and, and got Kirk Cousins in the backfield right away. That's what he can do. He can overpower people. Uh, so you can get that interior push that way. I don't You know, you talk about, you know, Jalen Carter's a pass rusher. He's an interior yeah. pass rusher. Jalen Carter skills are insane. Like he had a crazy yeah. tackle for loss in that. Uh, I think it was. The Vikings game, he had a really yeah, dominating tackle for loss. He's he's so he's got 10 hurries in two games. To give you an example, we talk about pressure. Jordan's got one. Oh, um, that's, that's wild. I I I mean, and and that's not Jordan's role, but what is his role is when he's got an opportunity, push that push that pocket back into the lap of the quarterback. And he's been doing that. Absolutely. And that's his role. So Everybody's got a different role. You know, Josh Sweat is dominating, as we said. You know, he's got four hurries. He's got four quarterback hits. He's got the big force fumble. Um, he's wrecking games, even Hassan Reddick. Now, if people criticize Hassan Reddick, he is struggling a little bit um, with the thumb and, and, and the fact that he's not 100% healthy. Hand work's a big deal when it comes to pass rushing. But, it, but again... You know, on the other hand, I said backup left tackle, sweat dominated. Backup center, J Jordan Davis dominated. Reddick had to go against Brian O'Neill, who's probably the best 
right tackle in the NFL not named Lane Johnson. I still feel like he's getting pushed, though. I mean, I, I mean, even though Hassan hasn't really gotten, he hasn't really stuffed the stat sheet just yet. I still see Hassan. No, he's you getting. Know, that's my getting point. He's there. Still but... getting, he's he's still getting pushed. He's got five hurries, second on the team. Right. So he's creating um, some kind of havoc back there. He he's still, you know, he's always going to be that guy. He's going to press things. But as far as you know, again, you when you play good players, it's more difficult. And you know, his matchup was more difficult than everybody else's matchup right. on on Thursday. That's all I'm trying to say. And I don't think not just Eagles fans, I don't think fans in general notice that stuff, you know, uh, because Slay gave up 11, you know, and he didn't give up all of them, but he gave up a bunch of them to, to Jefferson this time. Doesn't mean he's a bad player. You know, yeah. he's, he's facing the best receiver in football. Um, I, I don't think enough people factor that in, but when you have an opportunity like Josh Sweat, and you're going against Ole Udo, take advantage of it. He took advantage of it. When you have Jordan Davis and Jalen Carter saying, oh, that's Austin Slopeman, <laughs> take advantage of it. They took advantage of it. That's what you need to do. That's what good teams do. Absolutely. You know, we mentioned, you know, Darius Slay in that matchup with Justin Jefferson. And yes, the fantasy football nerds are super excited for what Justin Jefferson was able to do to the Eagles and Darius Slay. Um, so like with Kirk Cousins, I know they're excited. I have Kirk Cousins in fantasy. He, you know, he did some he did some great things for me. <laughs> you you uh, probably won. <laughs> but but the but here's the reality. The fact that the matter is, even though even though Kirk Cousins and Justin Jefferson, you know, put up amazing numbers against the Philadelphia Eagles, obviously they didn't win the game. But I feel like more importantly, those numbers, especially Justin Jefferson's numbers in, in particular, I never felt like he took over that game. I never felt like he had a direct impect on the outcome of that game. I mean, obviously, you know, he, well, he would have if he didn't reach fumble. for if he yeah. didn't reach for the pylon, which right, is an right. unforced error. That's like Jalen Hurts in the Super Bowl. Now, at the time when I was watching it, I thought Edmonds got over there. And he did. He, you know, he hustled to get over there to make the tackle. But I thought he got involved. He didn't get involved. He was just reaching for the pylon, which you're taught not to do in the NFL because if you lose the football and it goes out the end zone, it's touchback. You lose the ball. Um, that's an unforced error um, by a really good player. But and and that could change the whole complexion of the game. Vikings probably take the lead. Right. Um, and and Eagles got the ball all of a sudden. Jake Elliott kicks the sixty-one yard field. That's a ten-point swing, most likely. And then the second half starts, and you have the Josh Sweat um, forced fumble. I think on the second play, right? Yeah, you know, that's seventeen-point swing right there. So that that fumble started it all, and that was an unforced error. Look, Jefferson's a really good player. Yeah, he's um, going to get his numbers, and that's what yeah. I'm. You know, that, that's yeah. my point, right? You can't stop a guy like that. All no. you can do is make his job a little. What more I what different. I compare it to, but if you watch Jefferson play, you know, all you can do is make it more difficult. It's like guarding Michael Jordan. You know, he's going to get thirty, but how difficult do you make it to for him to get that thirty? And that's right. what Slay does. That's right, like what you, Slay does. Like, you know, you're a fan of basketball. You know, you've been following basketball. Like, we, we, we know what it looks like. And you brought the Michael Jordan comparison. 
you know, you've heard the old adage, oh, that was a quiet 30. I'm sure you heard that before. Yeah. Oh, that, oh, that, oh, that, was, a, that was a quiet 25 points he put up. You know, the king of that, in my opinion, is, is Kevin Durant. He always puts up a quiet 30. <laughs> you know, you never notice it until well, he's it's over. Up, he's, he's put up some noisy 30s, too. No, for sure, for sure, for sure. But, you know, uh, I, my point is, right, there are some guys who they, they get their numbers, but did it impact the game? Did that 30 points impact the win? You know, you know, did those 150 yards that Jefferson put up, did it impact the win? And I don't really think it did. Well, I, here's here's it. Or it, impact it, their loss. It, it, I mean. it did. I Look, I don't want to dispense good players. I, I said it all the time. Like, I think Kirk Cousins is tremendously underrated. Tremendously underrated. I would agree with that. Like, he's not. It's not his fault. The only reason that game wasn't 34 to 7 was because of guys like Cousins and Jefferson. So they're impacting the game. Okay. But, you know, it doesn't, you know, the Vikings don't build the right way. They don't build their team the right way. They don't have the foundation. They don't have the offensive line. They don't have the defensive line. So these guys are making up for these deficiencies to a certain point, but it can't get them over the hump against a good team. So I don't want to re- disrespect TJ Hawkinson as well. You know, he was, a, he I, was I have, I have TJ and I have TJ Hawkinson in fantasy as well. Did great things for me, John. Yeah. <laughs> TJ is a great player. And he goes, by the way, Sean Desai did a smart thing because he didn't even bother with the linebackers when it came to TJ Hawkinson. He had either a corner on him or a safety on him. And, you know, it still didn't work to a certain degree. He had two touchdowns, you know, not a ton of yards, only 66, but um, he was open. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that's that's the Eagles defense in a nutshell. We're talking about the Eagles defense. They're good up front. They're good outside at corner when Bradbury's healthy. And everything else, now that Maddox is hurt, those guys are going to have to make up for the other guys. Similar to what I was just saying about like Cousins and Jefferson has to make up for the crappy offensive line there. The Eagles defensive line is going to have to make up for the deficiencies behind them this season. That's how it's got to get. That's, that's how it's going to go. And I think they're good enough to do it most weeks. Let me pick your brain about this concept, right? You know, if you, if you, if you look at the scorecard, you know, 25-20, Eagles beat Patriots, 34-28, uh, Eagles beat Vikings. If you, if, you, if you look at the score, if you look at the passing yards by the quarterbacks, you know, the receiving numbers from a Justin Jefferson, if you look at that, you will think that this Eagles defense has been getting torched. And, you know, you and I have watched both of these games beginning and end. I'm sure you watched, you know, at least one of the games um, another time over, um, you know, just from you being a reporter and wanting to make sure you get your stuff right as well. But, you know, I'm looking at the way this defense is playing. It's not perfect. It's not the most talented defense, but I believe they're being opportunistic, right? I believe they're creating situations for the offense to be able to put games away or, or to be able to put teams away. And I think that's why the defense is looking, from a statistical standpoint, as bad as it's looking, because I don't think the offense is truly taking advantage of what the defense is providing. Um, early in the, in the Patriots game, um, that the Eagles defense created many opportunities that the offense didn't capitalize on where they could have put the game away. Um, and that Vikings game, same thing, that defense created, I believe, four turnovers. Um, the Eagles did not capitalize on every single turnover. And therefore, 
um, you're allowing – therefore, by the offense not put, you know taking advantage of the opportunity, I believe it leaves the Vikings offense to have to follow suit and keep scoring. But, again, a defense like the Philadelphia Eagles, and, or just in general, right, defenses wear down as the game goes on. So I think this Eagles offense has to take advantage of what they're doing on defense because if they don't, then by about time the third quarter, fourth quarter comes around, that defense isn't as stout as it was before. Then, you know, turnovers are a lucky stat. You know, what's your thoughts on uh, this offense not taking advantage of what the defense defense providing? And do you think the defense is <clears throat> either playing above what you thought or are they right on par with what you thought? Um, well, I think what I said, I think the front is playing great. I think the front is unbelievable. I think everything else is eh, not so great. Hey, but but um, it's things we knew, right? Like we knew the linebackers. Yeah. Would, 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 um, would with with the exception, with the exception of Reed, Reed played well in Week One, but obviously he wasn't he wasn't there in Week Two. Um, and then, you know, I thought Zach Cunningham played a little bit better in Week Two than he did in New England, but again, they took. I think that was a smart decision by Sean Desai to take, you know, they weren't letting Zach Cunningham worry about TJ Hawkinson. I think that was a smart move. So I think that was a good coaching decision. Now you can't help Abonte Maddox gets hurt. Uh, Goodrich wasn't great coming in, in the slot. I thought, I thought Morrow was better than Christian Ellis was in week one when Christian had to come in. Uh, so I think Nick, but again, they didn't they didn't bog down, which I think was a smart decision. They didn't bog down Nicholas Morrow with saying, "Oh, you got to deal with the tight end." Now maybe with lesser tight ends, they ask him, and we'll have to see how those guys handle it. Um, as far as the secondary outside of Slay, not impressed. Um, but again, very good receivers. Uh, that's the strength of Minnesota. They're not going to see that level of receiving. And KJ Osborne, by the way, didn't even have a good game. He dropped like two passes. You can imagine if, and those would have been two relatively uh, big passes as well. Absolutely. Um, I so I wasn't overly impressed. Uh, you know, but that's the first game Josh Jove ever started. Um, in the NFL. Um, so you factor that into it. Plus Terrell Edmonds was playing for Reed Blankenship. I thought, I think Justin Evans has been in fine. You know, he came up with a big play on special teams. Justin Evans um, was everywhere a little bit. He recovered a lot. He forced a lot, you know, he was, he was active. Yeah. You know, he might, he might factor into the slot work now too, because he's got, he played the slot in New Orleans last year. So he might factor into how they think about replacing uh, Avante Maddox, which is going to be interesting. You know, I don't know if, and it's too sunny here. I got to get my uh, light up, Uh, but I, I don't know. If they made the right t- look, it's hindsight, obviously. But and I know fans aren't going to like this, but I, I'd sure like to have Josiah Scott right now. Mm. Um, not, you know, he's not great by any stretch of the imagination, but oh, he's, he's competent. Um, and he knows how to play. And I'd feel a lot more comfortable if I had him 
that I have to worry about now. They have to figure out what they're going to do at slot corner. Um, they wanted to keep the young guys, Goodrich, Ricks, even Gardner on the practice squad. I don't think any of them are ready to play. Um, and this is a Super Bowl level team. And, and in that instance, I always say, you know what? If this were a six-win team, I'm yeah, keep the young guys. Who cares? Let them learn. But all of a sudden, and let's face it, Avante uh, Maddox has an injury history, so you ha- have to have that in the back of your head. Is he going to last 17 games? Well, it looks like he's only going to last two. Um, and now you don't have the veteran to back him up because you made that decision. I would I would have been more comfortable with Scott, but they got to make they got to they got to make do. It's probably going to be just Goodrich, but you can do some th- different things. You know, maybe eventually Sidney Brown gets up to speed. You can make Evans the full time slot. Um, it can go a lot of different. Save big on brunch for mom. All in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Ways, But one thing I'm not going to do, because people talked about it a lot during the summer, because Sean Desai tried it in practice a couple of times, James Bradbury in the slot. Mm-hmm. You don't move an all-pro player out of position. You know, that doesn't make any sense. I don't think they're doing that. You know, you mentioned you really liked what he did. Sean Desai, you liked what he did when it came to Zach Cunningham, not, you know, having him being bogged down by the tight end cover. Um, I'm curious, through two games, how do you feel Sean Desai has been doing with the way he's been given? You know, clearly this team, the roster, isn't as talented as it was last year. Or some would say the talent is there, but maybe not as experienced. You know, what's what's, what's been your evaluation of Sean Desai as a coordinator and, and, and how he's responded to what he's been given? Uh, I think he's he's been fine, um, you know, right off the bat. I think, you know, again, you know, he's playing up to his strengths, as he should. I thought it was a good decision, what he did with the linebackers, um, even to the point of elevating, uh, um, you know, Nick Morrow, then putting him on the 53, then letting him start over Christian Ellis. That proved to be the right decision. Um Justin Evans proved to be the right decision, I think, already, at least early in the season. So, so far Um, he's showing he understands his personnel. Yeah, I think he's doing a good job. Um, But I do think he's more limited than they were last year from a personnel standpoint. And in the back seven, again, not the the front. The front is every bit as good as it was. Um, But, yeah, he's got more limitations. And you saw that. Um, Baldy put it up to touchdown to Osborne where the whole team went after Jefferson. Um, I called it the box and no one because four guys converged on Jefferson and nobody took KJ Osborne. 
That's the stuff I've been talking about, about the scheme since the Super Bowl. I think people don't realize the big Fangio scheme. It's so incumbent on the secondary to communicate, and not just here or there, every single play. Every single play. So you can do it right for 50 plays, and I don't know some somebody blows a coverage, and you got a big play, long touchdown it can get very, very hinky. And especially with young players, you know, communication is often their biggest problem in the secondary. Like if you throw an athlete out there and say, all right, you got tone to shields, point at you, you got tone. That's it. They can do that. But if you say, oh, this is match zone, this is man principles, you carry him to this point, then, then, let him go to the uh, safety or vice versa. You got cloud coverage. Um, all these things going through young players' minds. That's why a guy like Sidney Brown can't get on the field right away. And he's your best athlete um, at safety. That's you're, not why, really a, you know, you're not really a fan of the scheme, are you? I hate it. <laughs> I hate it for two reasons. That's okay. number one. Number two is too many people play it. Hold on, wait. Number one being you you don't like the pressure it puts on young players. Yeah, right? I don't I don't like the pressure it puts on young secondary players. I don't like it. Now, if you have veteran guys who understand it, um, it's a little bit different. Slay, Bradbury, but even Slay. Slay blows a coverage in the Super Bowl. That's Darius Slay blowing a coverage in the Super Bowl. It's one of the best cornerbacks in the NFL, still blowing a coverage. Because it's difficult. It's difficult to do consistently. Time after time after time after time. It only takes one play. So that's the main reason I don't like it. The secondary reason is too many teams play it. And I always give it. Then it becomes who plays it best. And last year, the Eagles played it best. Um, of, of all the Fangio teams, they played it the best. Um, but it becomes... I'd, I'd like the innovators. Like I'd like all week. I've been telling you, I love Brian Flores. He's got no talent, but if he had talent, he does things. Nobody else does. Um, and I like that. That's who I want. I want that guy. Um, I want the guy who's ahead of the curve. Who's thinking a different way. Like he ran. I mentioned this on birds 365 week one. I've never seen this before. Week one, the Vikings led the league in blitzes, and they led the league in three-man coverages in the same game. So you're throwing at all this stuff at the quarterback. He's expecting blitz. He's hang, he's a little bit nervous, and all of a sudden you drop eight guys in the coverage. Maybe you make a big play. I just like the way he does things. I like the way he thinks. I like the way he he zigs when everybody else zags. What I always like, uh, what I always like to call it. But he doesn't have the talent right now. I don't want the guy who's just saying, "Oh, Vic does this, and I'm going to copy Vic." I don't like that. I don't like it. I I don't think that's. I don't think now Vic. It's Vic's defense. Vic gets a pass. He's the one who created it. Um. You know, he's probably, does, does Sean decide to get a pass since he learned directly no, from Vic? No, 
Do something different. Do something. Now, in the framework, I think he's doing a good job. In okay. the framework. But I like open-minded thinkers. I like guys who do different things. Um, but the bottom line is coaching is, is important. It's more important in the NFL than any other sport. But it's still the team with the best players. I'd rather have the best players than the best coaches. Mm. Eagles have the best players, especially up front. Um, I'd rather have that than good coaching. But you saw what what Flores was able to do to Jalen Hurts, and people are complaining in the first quarter, and then it starts to wear it down because he doesn't have the talent, and you start seeing it, and you start getting a little bit more comfortable. But you see it early. Saw the same thing with Belichick at times. Those are the kinds of things that. I'd like to see here in Philadelphia. We haven't seen it. We didn't see it with Gannon. We're not seeing it with Desai. Um, they're copies. They're copies. They're Xerox copies. Mm. I can't get mad. You know, I, I'm, I'm looking at the way the defense has played as of late. Um, and you're right. Ultimately, these guys are pretty much playing the same scheme. That's you know that's, that's kind of made its way throughout the NFL. It's kind of being recycled. You know, everyone's kind of trying to put their little own little spin on it, I guess. Um, but you know, you know, as we begin to close the show, you know, I just want to, you know, make it known that I'm looking at this defense and I'm like, okay, I entered this season thinking about the defense from this perspective. They are not going to be, in my opinion, a top five defense. I just don't think that. Um, they'll be lucky to be a top 10 defense. But what they can be is opportunistic. When it, What they can do is, you know, be timely, right, and just create opportunities for the defense now. I'm sorry, create opportunities for the offense. And then now it's up to the offense to take advantage of those opportunities. Um, so that's why it's, it's so imperative for this offense to get on track because there's going to be moments where, you know, this defense – Get you a couple turnovers. You you gotta you gotta help them out because they're not going to be able to stop every quarterback. If they force a mistake, the offense has to be able to take advantage of that. And, you know, and, and I, I kind of feel well. Like they got him at the old. seven yard line. The offense took advantage. I mean, but right, that's right, a very right. short field. That's a very short field. Again, well, Josh, let me ask you this: Do Josh you think wrecked the game? Right. Let, let, let me ask you this: Do you think the Eagles took advantage of all the opportunities that the defense created for them over the past couple of weeks? Well, I mean, look, I, mean, they I don't won. even they give. Win, I, 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 I don't. I don't even give the offense credit for the seven-yard drive. I, I mean, to me, that's all Josh Sweat. I, I mean, you better punch it in from the seven-yard line, and they did. Um, so I don't even give them credit. They took advantage of the unforced error by Jefferson that we're talking about. They, they managed to go down the field and set up a 61 yard field goal in a very mm -hmm. short period of time. And then the other one was, I'm trying to think they did force a fumble on a punt return, yeah, but, that they, was, but, they didn't, but they didn't score off that drop. They well, kind of, well I, that I was, that right? was special teams. That was just uh, Justin Evans. Avante yeah. Maddox punched out from Alexander Madison. And I think they took advantage of that too. Um, so yeah, I mean, the offense is going to be fine because the offense has more talent um, right. and they're not going to continually face these kinds of coordinators. Actually it's three for three because Todd Bowles is pretty good. Yeah. But then after that, it lights lightens up a little bit. Um, 
I I think the offense is going to be fine. I I Jalen hasn't looked great, but um, you know the offensive line. Like, what's the difference, man? If you run for two fifty six, what's the difference? I mean, how was the offense not impressive in that game? It's not I, sexy, I John. You don't get it by now. It's not sexy enough I, I, for the fantasy football nerds, man. It's not. But it's, it's, it's not. It's, inviting well it's ironic because you have that group who wants right. the big passing yards but then you have the build up in 1970 group that wants to run the football all the time well they should be happy as a lark that group mm-hmm. i mean they completely i've never seen anything like it i mean i brought it up you know swift had 175 yards 133 before he got touched how do you get 133 Rushing yards in an NFL game before you get touched. I mean, that was one of the great. It's it's week two, so nobody's going to care about it. But that was one of the greatest performances I've ever seen from an offensive line. Ever. Ever. They just completely dominated to the point – Jordan Mailata on the one play, I'm sure you saw it, and, and landed there, caved in the entire side to the point where guys are flailing on the ground. Um, <laughs> and PFF noticed because they gave Jordan, like, the best grade ever. Yeah, since, um, like, 2013 or something like that, 2012. Um, like that, ever, they, yeah. were, they were dominant. They did everything. So I don't know why people are saying the offense didn't play well. You can't say that. You can say they didn't play the way you wanted to. Exactly. Outside of the one turnover by Jalen Hurts, because because Jalen was technically, from a from a statistical standpoint, he was accurate. He completed over seventy percent of his passes. So, um, you know, he only threw the ball twenty three times. Um, I believe so far throughout this, I believe through the first two games, he's completing seventy percent, seventy one percent of his passes. So, um, yeah, again, like it, it probably didn't look the way people wanted. But I don't think he hurt them. It's, I mean, obviously the interception. But I don't. But I think right now, like you said, I think the offense is going to be fine. I think they're working out some kinks, and I think this is just a time where you have to kind of lean into what you you have to lean into what you do well. You have to lean into your offensive line until the continuity and the flow starts to be established in the passing game. And I think that's going to come. Yeah, and you know they're I too mean, talented for it not to work. Like, they're just too talented. Yeah, there's certain things that – and I saw somebody, they said they can't pass block. They pass block better than they run block. Um, the, the passing issues were blitzes and, and the backs did a really bad job in pass protection. Um, really bad job. I mean, to the point where I'm, – I'm trying to look it up as we speak. Rashad Penny got a 16.9 grade, the old red stop. This is out of 100 from Pro Football Focus. DeAndre Swift got a 17.3. They couldn't block anybody. And that pace, that linebacker was all over the place Um, and making things difficult. The offensive line, I mean, Lane got a better pass pro grade than run grade. Uh, Landa did as well. Um, I'm looking – 
I just think the blitzing makes people think that the offensive line yeah. isn't playing as well. And even yeah. myself, even myself included, you know, I, I was watching that game and I'm thinking like, damn, why is always somebody leaking through? But if you really pay attention, it's really on the blitz reps. It's really, it's really. Yeah. Once. It, it was you, the backs. It was the backs. It's the, it's the backs. Yeah. yeah. Because remember, you're often when you're blitzing, you're bringing uh, one un, unaccounted for a guy. And that's where also the quarterback is responsible as well. He's got to right. get the football out. Side adjustments. The Eagles don't do that well. Four of the five offensive linemen got better pass blocking grades and run blocking grades from um pro football focus the only one who didn't was jordan and he was 95.5 as a run blocker 90.3 as a pass blocker and what that mm. means is he was great at both um the other four got better grades at pass pro than run blocking believe it or not but the backs got really poor grades like really like you rarely see that poor um of a grade. So they struggle um, picking up blitzes and that's why people are blitzing. So they have to fix that. That's something, that's an example of something they have to fix. Absolutely. Hey, you guys, you've been locked in a football 24 seven with John McMullen. I'm Tony to just a second. Make sure you guys smash that like button. Always stay engaged in the content. We appreciate you guys taking time out of your busy Saturday afternoon, locking in with John and I, we know you could be anywhere in the world, but you decide to be here with us tonight so um make sure you guys continue to stay engaged in the content you guys make sure you check john out on um the pre halftime and post game show featuring mike missinelli Seth joiner Derek gunn kayla santiago mark farzetta uh bill colarulo um dr bruce grossinger those guys are doing a great job so make sure you guys check them out um every game day for that also make sure you guys check john out on birds 365 with jody mack Check out Derek Gunn and Rob Ellis on Sports Take at 12 p.m. Eastern Time. Check out Dan Cilio on the National Football Show 3 p.m. Eastern Time every Monday through Friday. We have a special interview coming out on Friday on Monday as well. I'm not going to leak it just yet, you guys, but this is a special interview that Cilio has been working on for a long time, and we finally able we finally locked it in. We, we recorded it earlier. It's going to be it's going to premiere at 6 p.m. Eastern Time on Monday. So. I want you guys to lock in on that, man. Um, it's, it's going to be posted to premiere uh, very soon. Um, so make sure you guys um, lock in on that smash that like button. Stay engaged. Um, John, before we get out of here, um, anything that you're working on on uh, SI.com, on JacobSports.com, any special projects that you have coming up? Yeah, I, I wrote my column uh, today at SI on on the little dust-up A.J. Brown, uh, Jalen Hurts. Um, did not like the way Nick handled that. I, I think that's the issue more than anything else. You know, I, I don't think it's um, it's all that – it shouldn't be all that surprising to people that good wide receivers in the NFL want the football. We, we've seen this before. If you watch the league for more than five minutes, you know uh, – receivers want the football i think if the eagles would have just handled it the way jalen hurts did and said hey he's a competitor he wants to make a play you shut all that down but nick won a different route uh got very testy about it and then aj left the locker room early i think those guys handled it poorly and it's something that you know they're going to have to deal with down the line it kind of makes it seem like it's more than what it is when you do when you make moves like that exactly if you're honest it it evaporates quickly. If you look like you're op- obfuscating stuff, it 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 has a longer shelf life. Ooh, that's a hell of a word, John. <laughs> and you know, but that's the kind of thing to me. And what I wrote, 
this team's too tight. They're wound too tight. They talk about the expectations and they don't pay attention to it. They pay attention to it because they know what the expectations are and they realize they're worrying about style points. We talk about style points don't matter. People talk about this team and you, you hear it. Jalen isn't doing this. Jalen isn't doing that. You see the criticism. They're two and oh. All you got to do, you don't, this isn't college. You don't get style points. Get the win, get out, move on. The Eagles are doing that. But I think Nick Sirianni's feeling the pressure. I think AJ's feeling the pressure. Well, the good thing is, I don't think Jalen Hurts is. He's always locked in. So and that's, that's the good thing. That's the most important thing. And, you know, a lot of people, you know, they forget. Again, the, the AJ's a wide receiver, but let's not forget that Devontae Smith had his own little dust up a couple years ago in that Giants game, right? There was a moment in that Giants game yeah, where, yeah, yeah. you know, and, where, and, uh, and Devontae's the least Divas receiver, um, good receiver ever. I'm exaggerating. I'm sure there's another one. But that, but, but but again, that just goes to show you that it's a it's the nature of that position. Those guys want to be involved. They want to get their hands on a rock. They want to make plays. It's the nature of the position. No matter what wide receiver there is out there, the reality is every wide receiver has an ego. In order to play that position successfully, the two positions I feel like in order to play successfully, you got to have some kind of ego. Is wide receiver and cornerback. You got to have a swagger. You got to have a juice about you. You got to have yep. this mentality where you know it's my ball or nobody else's ball. You know, and um, I'm not I'm not going to make much of it with the whole AJ and um, Jalen Hurts thing. I think it's going to blow over. I, 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 I think things get, you know, I think Jason Kelsey said, it, right, things get a little hairy when you should worry when you see guys not talking. That's the real problem. You know, when you see guys not communicating, that's the real problem. So, um, yeah, I, 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 I don't think this individual thing is a big deal, but I think the larger aspect of the expectations, I think tight. it's it's. It's wearing on, but again, this team has Nick Sirianni since his two and five start as a rookie head coach. I know we got to go, uh, Tone. He's got the best record in football. He's got an almost an eight hundred winning percentage. They've won nineteen of twenty games uh, with Jalen Hurts as the starting quarterback, and yet you hear this every week. They didn't do this. They didn't do that. I think, you know, it's starting to wear on them a little bit. And I think they they got to shut it shut it off and say, you know, all right, you don't think we're good? Let's go win 20 to 21, 21 to 22, 22. Keep going and not worry about so-and-so thinks we should be passing the ball. And then when you pass the ball, so-and-so thinks you've got to run the ball. Who cares? Who cares? We've had people on our own, you know, airways say they don't do this, they don't do that. Who cares? You know, you win games, you turn the page. Yeah, I mean, last time I checked, I mean, you know, Jim's contract always comes up, and you're right there. I mean, we're definitely pushing the limit here, but really quickly, um, a lot of people always talk about your pen has got fifty million dollars, you know, to you know to throw that ball. You know, look, the reality is, last time I checked, you're paying for wins. Yep. And if my quarterback isn't winning. I'm not paying them. If my quarterback is winning, I'll give him the king's ransom. So that's so that that's my perspective. Last time I checked, Jalen Hurts has only lost one game, you know, since being um I, I believe since that two and five start or something like that. So I mean, well, he's nineteen out of it, uh, his last twenty. His last right, 20 right, right. His last, his last twenty starts. He's nineteen and yeah. one so, in the regular season. In the in the in, in the regular season. Yeah. Right. Um. um 
but 21, yeah. 21 and two then if you include playoffs then yeah that's pretty good I think that's worth most um, people it's, it's most people goal. would take that and and Nick since that two and five start Nick Nick is our Nick today has the best record in Eagles history um as a head coach from a winning percentage standpoint since since that two and five start it's ridiculous he's winning 80 percent of his games um you know but but what does that do it raises expectations that's true when unrealistic i've been talking about this the entire offseason the expectations for this team are just you know they're expected to to beat teams and and beat them like a drum and that's just not real it's not like comfortable. I, no i you know i think people forget even last season i bring it up all the time they struggled in houston they struggled in indianapolis um they struggled in arizona against pretty bad football teams they won them all but they struggled i think people forget that this is the nfl anybody can jump up and beat you Especially if you're not on your P's and Q's. Um, John, thank you so much, man. You've been tremendous. You've been you give me more than enough time. Um, you you were great, man. So make sure you guys uh smash that like button, make sure you guys stay engaged in the football 24-7. Uh he's John McMullen. I'm your guy Tony to just a second. We appreciate you guys. Stay humble, stay healthy, and most importantly, stay hungry. Enjoy your weekend. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.